Do you want to hear the greatest story? Yeah, I do. Oh my god, Bon Jovi sound checking. We got to see this. But then we hear um, the guy whistling into a microphone. Yeah, it was John, and he goes, "The kids can stay." We're like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> nice. Thanks, thanks, Johnny. It was a small theatre, and we went upstairs, and there was a photo of Dire Straits, who mm. did their very first rock blast there in 1982, oh, wow. which was just so cool. Yeah. So these bikies got in touch with us, give us 500 bucks so you don't get your singer back. <laughs> Holy shit. Welcome everyone, you are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. This is an interview style podcast where I talk with musicians, performers and sometimes wrestlers. I am your host, the Sizz Dog. Thank you for joining me. Oh man, the gig, the Art of Touring podcast, 100th episode live event. I know you're listening to episode 96, but we had the live event just last weekend uh, so that I have enough time to edit it and put it out there for the week of the 100th episode that's happening in March. March 20th, I believe, is uh, when it's scheduled to drop. So thank you so much. To everyone who came out, thank you to the band, Swedish Pop Factory, Delsinki, Warbirds, The Millionaires Club, and the boys from the Hollywood Hitters. Um, it was great to see everyone performing. And thanks to Millie Moon as well. At the end of the night, got up and sung a, the track from A Star Is Born, Shallow. That was a real treat and completely unrehearsed. Uh, we just, <laughs> you know, she was there because she's mutual friends of one of the guitar players in the Hollywood Hitters, uh, Matt. And uh, Millie was a, a previous guest on The Art of Touring. And um, we said, oh, look, you know, we, we actually had organized a singer to be here for this, but they weren't able to make it. Would you like to sing it? She's like, yeah, I'll get up and sing it. And she smashed it. So thank you to Millie as well. Thank you to the venue um, for putting on the night and, uh, and the sound and lights, Rosie on the, on the decks there on the sound and um, Carl and Mary and Wade and everyone there. Um, it was just, it just made the night. You guys, uh, every, everyone just, it was just, if you weren't there guys, you missed out on a hell of a night. But if you did miss out, it's okay. Cause you're going to get the audio version of the podcast as the special treat, the 100th episode. And I also had the, uh, the whole night filmed as well. Shout out to Ben O'Connor. Hadn't seen him in ages. Great to see you, Ben. Um, and, uh, I'm also going to be editing that as a video. So I'll throw it up on the book face on the YouTube. Um, so if people do want to check out the night, how it went down, um, I will edit that together at some point. <laughs> I do need to apologize everybody though. Um, who were, who were at, who was, who was, who were, who was at the show. Um, I promised that you would have enamel pins, the 100th episode collectible one of 42 enamel pins, but because of the, uh, the beer virus happening in China, <laughs> They are they are in customs. They're in China. They won't be getting here till March. So um, I know everybody who was there. I know all your faces. I know where you live. I don't actually know where you live, so I'll be messaging everyone for their addresses. But when they uh, arrive, I will be sending them out in the post. So keep a lookout in the post in March for your collectible pin. Um, yeah, man, they're just, you know, what are you going to do? The coronavirus, you know. I, I don't really pay much attention to world events. But when, you know, I order something and I think I'm ordering it from Australia through an Australian company, they, they emailed me, they called me. Actually, I called them after they emailed me that it wasn't going to be arriving. And I was like, dude, I've got people coming to a gig that I've been promoting that they're going to get this pin at the show. And they're like, yeah, it's just everybody's order is over there. So at least it's in good company. The Major Wrestling Figure podcast pins are over there at the moment as well. And they're not going anywhere, just like mine aren't. So they're in good company with the... Uh, 
with the boys from the MWFP. Hey, listen, guys. Again, another apology. So many apologies at the top of the podcast. The episode's dropping um, late this week. It's it's Saturday night. I'm actually recording the intros and outros. I had a bit of a family emergency this week. I won't go into what happened, but um, if anyone knows me, um, you know, personally, you probably already know about it. But um, uh, yeah, look, you know, being a dad is tough, you know, and um, basically what happened was... I know I said I wasn't going to mention it, but you know now it sounds weird, so I better get it off my chest. My daughter ran; she was just she's just so fast. We were always telling her slow down, you know, and she was just so excited to be home from school, um, and she just ran into the wall and split her head open, and now she's got stitches in her head, and uh, we've just been—it's all just been all hands on deck in the Siriani house the last few days. So this has been my only time to get across to the studio and and put the put the podcast together for this week. So I do appreciate you uh, bearing with me. Um, now. Let's get down to brass tacks. This week, I spoke with Digital Beard, Owen Jones, rock and roll and wrestling photographer. Uh, you want to keep on listening to hear Owen recall the tale of being offered a very questionable substance after a show, but you can have to keep on listening to find out what that was. Art of Touring is brought to you every single Friday, unless, you know, shit happens. <laughs> you can listen to Art of Touring on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts app, wherever you get your podcasts, you can get Art of Touring. Guys, tell friends about this show. I know I might be wrapping up the weekly episodes, but um, there's no reason not to promote the show to the very last week. Um, of the weekly episode versions. Get out there, tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your grandfather, tell your grandma about the Art of Touring. Um, it'd be great to have them as, the, as part of the Art of Touring family. Uh, if you are listening with kids, however, it might be a good idea to throw on something a bit kid-friendly, something like, you know, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I have the power! And uh, once they're dropped off at their grandparents' house, then, and only then, can you put Art of Turing back on. And now, let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor. Episode 96 of The Art of Touring is brought to you by Lobos Collectibles in Thornbury. Lobos is Melbourne's largest and best vintage toy store. Their address is 310 St. George's Road in Thornbury, and this store has something for everyone. Let's just take a quick look, okay? I've got a visual map in my head right now. I'm walking in. I see the Simpsons are to the right. I see all the, the trading cards in, in the uh, collectible cases out the front. I, I can see the badges. I can see the Ghostbusters um, uh, uh, section. I can see the Star Wars section, which is huge, by the way. I can see a little wrestling section. Not a lot, but... But, hey, man, they've got a wrestling section. It is there. They've got G.I. Joe's. They've got Star Trek. They've got lunch boxes. They've got pop vinyls. Man, they've got everything you could imagine. It's basically heaven for the hardcore collector. Get on down to Lobo's Collectibles in Thornbury. And now, I'll tell you what, guys. The coolest thing about Lobo's is they are constantly acquiring new old stock to 
to add to their store. So you're sure to find something different every damn time that you visit. Uh, and let them know you heard about the show from the Art of Touring podcast. And if you came down to the gig, the 100th episode, you, my friends, have got a voucher in your pocket for 15% off for the next three months from the 15th of Feb all the way to the 15th of May. So get on down to Lobo's Collectibles and start that collection today. Lobo's Collectibles, the best darn toy store in the universe. Just so you know, Art of Turing is hosted by Wooshka. If you'd like to listen on your desktop, you can. You can just Google Art of Turing and follow the links to the Wooshka homepage. Uh, it's a free service, man. So if you've got a podcast and you're paying to put your podcast each, out each week, just go up to Wooshka and they, and they will take all of your RSS feed, throw it in their algorithm and release it every week for free, baby. So thank you, Wooshka. I love you. And now let's sit back and breathe it in. That's right. It's Digital Beard, Owen Jones and the Sizz Dog shooting the shit for over an hour. Strap in and let's get loose. It's time for the Art of Turing to begin. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Art of Touring podcast, sitting here in Siriani Studios. It is a little bit of a balmy evening here in glorious Epping, but sitting across from me is Digital Beard, Owen Jones, rock and roll and wrestling photographer. How are you, Digital Beard? I'm good, sir. I I said to you just before, I'm actually a bit nervous because I'm usually the host of podcasts. I've I've actually never been a guest, though. Yeah. So I'm very excited. So tell us about your show. So, um... This will, I'll, I'll, I'll probably go back to this when we go yeah. through my life and times in my ridiculous life I've had. Yes. But um, so the first pod- podcast we had was called Rocky Like a Hurricane Rana, which is the best pun I've ever written. Yes, the um, wrestling one. Yeah. So it was um, it was me and my one of my best mates, Simon Tackler. He um, came to me going, hey, I want to do a podcast with you because he was coming to wrestling shows. Yeah. And he was like, I've heard you're a metal guy. I'm like, yeah. He's like, and you're obviously a wrestling guy. I'm like, yeah. He's like, it's like we should do something, and we came up with that. Yeah, and it was pretty. So pretty much the 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 base of the show was just kind of like finding and pulling apart, and also like teaching listeners the the correlation and like the relationship of heavy music and wrestling because ah. it's big. Yeah. Like it's 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 a pretty lengthy backstory. Yeah. When you look at like you got your motorhead and Alice Cooper and like we we, we like during the show we kinda like we would just kinda go, Oh, it's like more music and wrestling. So like we went Cindy Lauper and all that kind of stuff and like right, WrestleMania like right. one and two and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, and that was that was really cool. We did that for about just over fifty episodes. Did oh, some wow. really cool stuff. Yeah, did some. Did really you have cool- guests on there as well, or you just kind of chose? Oh a- no! Like so, e- each week we did like it was a theme. So like we would mm. do, like we would go like for instance we listened to the um, Stone Cold Metal album that he bought out, like, when, <laughs> and then we or we do we do a band. And like we'd kind of go, like we'd just like go through their career, and then like that, like then we'd kind of go, oh, but they also did this, did, did this in music, like Megadeth, right. one of the best metal bands ever. But they record, they performed on night, or they performed on um, WCW. There you and go. And then they, um, Marty Freeman played Hiroshi Tanahashi to the ring at rest at uh, Wrestle Kingdom nine, eight or nine. Wow. Yeah. So like they and stuff like that, and like things like yeah, sometimes it was like 
really like stretching it a little bit like, oh, yeah, like well that can't happen it. so we can go oh we'll, we'll like just do it anyway sure but otherwise it was just like super open and then yeah. we decided to turn it into just a straight wrestling podcast um because a mate of ours was wanted to just we we love him and we'll I'm like uh nims and he's like and we're like yeah, let's just do it just we'll just do a straight wrestling and so we call that the wide world of wrestling like like wide world of sport kind of thing nice um and just did it old school like just a just like a wrestling news kind of talk about wrestling get like a bunch of guests on mm. but um rocky like a hurricane runner was awesome and i'll get into a little bit like that later because i got to talk to some really aw- amazing people oh nice related to both wrestling and, me- and music and metal so, yeah oh that's rad dude yeah uh, definitely want to um, touch base on that again. Um, uh, I'm just going to write a little note so I don't forget. That's okay. Uh, so tell me a story, mate. Where are you from and where um, did you grow up? Born and born and raised and still live in Reservoir. Mm-hmm. So 3073 yes. represent. I live 10 minutes away from you, Yeah, Reza, yeah. Um, to the, born to the lovely Leslie and Graham Jones, um, brother of... Morgana and Keenan Jones, so I'm the youngest of three. Uh-huh. Um, I'm the youngest as well. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, so Morgana is 30 this year, my, and then Keenan, my brother, is 28, and I'm 25 this year, so we're all matured, but I'm still the baby, so it's yeah, okay. You'll still always be the baby, I still mate. get babied by mum, so it's all good. That's it. Um, and I guess... I'll, I'll go... I'll, I'll say it early in the episode. My life's kind of been like... It's not even two halves, but more like just two chapters, I guess. Sure, yeah. Because um, I did come across photography. Not late, but like later in my life. Because... Mm. Um, so... But I kind of started with music. I've been around... Like music's been around, I guess, with like everybody for literally my entire life. Yeah, yeah. Like just grew up. Music was always playing. So um, real, real musical family? A little bit like mum. Like mum has a beautiful singing voice. I love, but she like she never performed or anything. Like yeah. she like she said she performed a little bit in like in like choirs and all sorts of stuff. And like back in the day and at, yeah. at school and stuff and church, a little bit. But um, dad not so much. He likes to think he can, but he can't sing. Um, but I think we got a little bit about music stuff because mum has a beautiful voice. Um, and. It was just music was always playing. Yeah. Like whenever, like pretty much ever, like the radio was always on, but like on the weekends, um, mum and dad would just put CD and vinyl on and we'd just like be just like getting dinner ready on it like throughout Saturday and everything and everyone's just like in the kitchen or in the lounge room and just stuff's always on. So um, I like to to attribute my list, my music taste to an amalgamation of mum and dad because I'm like my favorite, like all my favorite bands and my favorite genre is glam metal. Right. Like, so just, yeah, fucking every glam band, like Slaughter, Poison, Van Halen, um, Twisted Sister, Twisted Sister, Nelson, clearly I'm wearing a Nelson shirt, yeah. um, Mr. Big, Extreme, all those type of bands. Yeah, right. Um, right. And I attribute to that because dad's a big metal and prog rock and hard rock fan. So, I grew up, so when dad was home making dinner, it was Emerson, Lake and Palmer, Jethro Tull, Slade, um, yeah, right. Sweet, uh, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, bit of Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Whereas yeah. mum, um, it was like she listens to pretty much anything, but with her it's more like you Richard Marks, John Farnham. Um, I now know like why I have a massive love for Gloria Estefan because that's all mum listened to where probably when, when she was pregnant with me. So I fuck it, I love Gloria Estefan because mum listens to Gloria Estefan. <laughs> yeah, nice. um, Randy Crawford. 
Rye. Like Belinda Carlisle, a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, so very eclectic. Very taste. eclectic taste, and I say yeah. like, like we got the like the pop stuff and the metal. So like you mash that together, you got glam. Mm. So I say that's why I listen to glam metal because yeah, it's just nice. like an amalgamation of both of everything. Yeah, I get really pissed when mum like. So the other week we act, we went and saw Alton John as a family. Yeah, wow. Minus my brother. Um, so it was just it was four of us, and it was amazing. Like, Honestly, one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Oh, that's all it I've was heard. That was really great, incredible. But Except, hang on, there was one. Uh, my colleagues were talking about it today. That like there was one at the day on the green where it got rained out. Yeah, no, we were luckily the, the one the week before. Ah, okay, we cool, went to the cool. one Hanging Rock. It was honestly the most picturesque thing ever. Nice. Because you got Hanging Rock in the background, sun setting behind it, and then Elton John playing. I'm like. I could cry. Actually, I did cry later in the show, but like, the, like when he first yeah. started, it was like seven thirty, wow. sun setting, be like hanging rock there, and then like Alton John's like fifty meters in front. Pretty of Pretty magical, man. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, and then we were just sitting there, like just wait, like just like throughout the day, and like waiting for him to come on. And Mum's like, and Mum said today, she's like, when did we see him? And Mum and Dad's like, oh, I was like. So I think it was called the Tour de Force, and it was apparently it was a constant in two halves. It was at the Melbourne Sports Entertainment Centre, which is now where Collingwood train the Westpac Centre. Yeah, it's like a glass house. Yeah, the glass house. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they saw Alan John perform with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra in like 1988. Perfect. I'm like, that's not fair. And then like every time, and then Mum <laughs> saw him fair, the man. first time he came out when she was 13. Yeah. And they've seen him a whole bunch of times, and then they and then they go on their their usual role of oh we saw Queen with with Freddie Mercury, we've seen David Bowie. I'm like fuck yeah. you guys. Yeah, I, yeah. And they saw the Eurythmics and Robert Palmer, and I'm like mm. this is just not fair. Yeah, yeah. Like I've 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 been lucky enough to see. And we'll get into it later and take photos and work with some of my favorite bands. Sure. But they've seen like the best. They've seen the greatest. And it really, it's just you're a product of your generation. Yeah, you know? of course. You're, whenever you're getting popped out into the world, you know, and whatever's happening right now, that's yeah. what you get to see and watch and, you know, vibe like, you know, like Star Wars is like my favorite, you know, movie franchise franchise of all time. Yeah. And, you know, I was born in 1980, so the the Empire Strikes Back came out the year that I was born. Yeah, and then Cobb's subsequently it became my favorite movie because it was re-released in the cinemas in 1997 when I was 17. Before the first episode came out, in 19, yes, was that 1999. 90, yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode one. So so they re-released all of them for the 20th anniversary. Yeah, and so there's this thing that I watched as a kid on the TV, but wasn't really a part of it, like the phenomenon when it first came out. Yeah. And then, so I, I was detached from it because it was just something really tiny on the tally. Like you yeah. didn't, you didn't, you don't get it until yeah. you watch those original movies on the big screen. Yeah. And then as a 17 year old impressionable going in year 11, going to watch Star Wars for the first time on, uh, in a, a cinema. Cinema screen. Yeah. In a cinema screen. I was blown away. Like yeah. I was yeah. like, you know what? This is now. So I know your original point was that you know it depends on when you're born and what you get to you know see. Yeah. But it's the same with movies, man. Yeah, of course. You it's, know, it's, it's very similar with me. Like as I showed you before, like I, I have like a probably upwards of five thousand dollar Power Rangers collection. <laughs> Power um, Rangers. But, but that's odd because Power Rangers were big in the nineties, and well, and you're only twenty four. Well, yeah, because I, so I was born in ninety five, and I don't really. I don't really like the Mighty Morphin ones, even though I've gone back and watched them a couple of times. The ones that I grew up oh. watching, which are like the the late nineties seasons, which are yes. the better seasons, everyone should watch them. <laughs> um, they're the ones that I watched because they were on Channel Seven when I was at home with Mum. 
when yeah. I was three, four, five years old. Yes. Um, and then... Did you watch the um, Toys That Made Us on, I, on I'm yet to, I'm yet to watch it. What? Yeah. Are I, you crazy? Yeah, it's full. They've got, a, they've got a Power Rangers episode, bro. I know, but like <laughs> when that came out, Disney Plus was launched. Oh, right. So all my time has just been watching rewatching Simpsons and Boy Meets World. Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay, well, yeah, go, go back to Netflix and check I'll it out, I'll have to man. watch it. It's so but, um, good. What was my point? Yeah, so... Yeah, so music's always been around, um, and then, so my older sister played keyboard because most, as most schools have these, the keyboard, the keyboard program every Monday, the keyboard teacher comes and all day, and there's kids that go off, and so she did that, and then when yeah. I got to primary, when I got to grade one, I'm like, well, I want to do that too, so I play keyboard all the way through oh, nice. primary school, yeah, um, and I guess not. <laughs> Yeah, that, that pretty much is the same for a while. And then in 2000 and December 2005, my uncle passed away, um, my dad's youngest brother. And he was like, he was, my dad said that like, we're very similar, um, just like similar, like taste and obsession and passion for music. Sure. Like apparently like uncle, my uncle Brian was the same. Um, and he was a big like Led Zeppelin metal fan, everything. And had this incredible collection of guitars and stuff. And um, my auntie gifted me his 1986 Ibanez. Wow. Yeah. So that's my baby. That's incredible. And so I, I get that when I'm 10. 10 years old. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, cool. This is cool. And my brother had started playing guitar at, at, at high school at the time as well, um, which was incredible. Like, well, my, my, well, my brother's playing guitar at school, and then I get gifted a guitar around the same time. I'm like, oh, cool, I'll play guitar, play guitar as, well. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it was the Christmas of that year. And, this, and like, we talk about this a lot, me and Keenan, um, because then when we saw this band a couple, um, uh, maybe 18 months to two years ago. Sure. Um, that Christmas of uh, 2005. Uh, my brother and sister actually got the same CD. It was the Best in Show by Grinspoon, their greatest hits. Oh, yeah, I remember that record. Yeah, so it was their greatest hits from like, what, would have been like 96 through to what? It was the first 10 years, more or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Did it have Kim Hart on it? Yeah, yeah, it was just yeah. after that. Been, it was, that was just as that was released. It was part of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so they got that CD for Christmas and Keenan had his little practice amp and he learned everything by ear. Yeah, nice. And then he taught me how to play guitar playing Grinspoon songs. Brilliant. So that's why Grinspoon one of my favourite bands. Yeah, they Because it was just like that. I guess there was that, that like connection with my brother. Definitely. We spent all summer, like all six weeks of school holidays just learning how to play Grinspoon songs. Wow. Um, and like, that shit isn't, hard, isn't easy either. No. no, no. Pat Tavern is a bit of a machine. Yeah, um, man. So yeah, and that was that's. I remember how long it took me just to learn that, ding 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 ding, ding <laughs> from Chemical Art. Yeah, to right up on the twelfth fret or wherever yeah. it is, and they got that chunky riff from like Lost Control. It was like, it's like a spider riff kind of. I'm it's like, such man, a great band, man. Underrated, hundred percent. I, 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 I agree. I seen, seen them, saw them the other yeah the other year when we we hadn't seen them before, mm. and they came out and they and they played Guide to Better Living from start to finish, yeah. and the three of us are just standing there going, "This is the coolest thing ever." Because we were like, well, there's the three of us. We're like, look, we'll go together because it was our thing when we were kids. We'll yeah. listen to Grinspoon. Yeah. It was awesome. It was so cool. Um, so, yeah, and then that, yeah, so that summer was all about playing guitar and learning Grinspoon and then go through that. And then I was uh, year seven, year six going into year seven. 
school uh, school holidays, and then I get a bass guitar for Christmas. Hey. I'm like, oh, because my brother's, my brother's like, well, I need a bass player. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm a guitarist, because he, he would have been in year 10 going to year 11. He's like, well, I need a, I need, I, you need to play bass. Yeah, he's like, yeah. before you start something, you need to be the bass I need a bass player. You sure. Can, can't be, I'm the guitarist in the family. Yeah, we've got <laughs> so, two guitarists yeah, in the band. Yeah, two man, guitarists in this bedroom, pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I get a bass. I get like one of those legacy bass packs, the bass, the practice amp, the strap. Nice. Like, I'm like, cool. And then like, and that was around the time. So your your brother engineered to influence your folks to go. Can you get old mate a bass for yeah, Christmas? Because yeah. I want him to play bass. Yeah. Like, are you all and, right? We can sort that out. And well, I was okay with it because it was yeah. a couple months before that was when I really, really like discovered a little bit more metal because like. Um, we had a, a family friend and she, they, she just gave us like a stack of like 20 burnt CDs just just mega like just mixes of everything yeah yeah and on there was Metallica Guns N' Roses Iron Maiden Judas Priest Korn Limp Bizkit wow um Ramstein all this heavy music Van Halen and this yeah. is why this is where Van Halen starts like Van Halen and my it's, everyone who knows me Van yeah. Halen is my favourite band of all time and Beautiful. they will be for the day I die I hate to interrupt you but when you were rattling off those bands I can't tell you how many times I've sat in this chair and people have <laughs> rattled off bands and I'll, I'll absent I'm not absent mindedly I'll knowingly give them a look like I know the bands that they're talking yeah. about I go oh yeah cool yeah where in the reality I will have never have heard them and then when you just rattled those I'm like thank god I've heard of Every single one of us, <laughs> even Ramstein. I know yeah. who Ramstein are, yeah. but there's been times where I've had guests on where they're like, you know, I was really into this stuff and that stuff, and I was like, Fuck, I've never heard of that. <laughs> that 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 may happen for the rest of this show, though. So. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So like, and I, and I heard Iron Maiden. Like, oh, that bass player is amazing. So yeah. I'm like, I've got a Steve Harris. He's like now my bass idol. I'm this this 13, 12, 13 year old. I'm just like got my ultimate guitar pro. Like, oh, I got um guitar pro open on my on my computer. Computer, just, yeah. Try and just fucking play along to the MIDI tabs and learning all this Iron Maiden stuff, teaching myself how to two finger gallop and everything. Wow. Like, and I was so that was yeah like and then going into high school, um, like, and that kind of not not changed my music taste, but kind of changed the out more like the the musician side of me because in because I went I went to Thornbury High School mm. in Thornbury, shock horror of all places, <laughs> <laughs> and they were like. Because they only had like concert and jazz band program. I was yeah, like, oh, right. I want a rock band. Like, oh, we only do rock band to like year ten. When you do like year ten, like VCE music, I'm like, oh, well, that's like fucking four years away. So what the fuck am I gonna do? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm a bass player. Like, oh, well, if to to play to play bass, you have to play trombone. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, going, yeah, whatever. And then like I have like one less of trombone. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck this. Can't do it. I can't do it. And yeah. from when my sister started in, in year, when my sister was year seven, backtrack a little bit. She started playing saxophone. And they're like, well, like, and then, so I'm like, look, I don't really want to, I want to play bass. I don't really want to play trombone. Like, I gave it a go. Don't really want, like, I'd rather swap. They're like, well, it's early on. We can, we can swap you out if you want. Sure. They're like, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, saxophone, give it a go. And that was probably the best decision of my life. Yeah, wow. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm, so I've, have been since, well, what, 
12 years I've been a saxophone player now. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so I've not, not many people know that, but yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a sax player. You can play the sax. Yeah, so I did, and then all the way through, year seven to year 12, I played saxophone. Far out. I played in like concert band, jazz band. I even started the school ska band because I want to play ska music, ska, yeah. like ska punk stuff. Nice. Because um, in year 12, I got to choose what I wanted to play, obviously, for year, for year VC. I'm like, I want to play Less Than Jake, Real Big Fish, yeah. Madness, Specials. Nice. All this stuff. I want to play that. So yeah. I started a school ska band. Perfect. And it was the coolest thing ever. Oh, wow. Um, See, that that's, that reminds me of a, a kid that I taught, Kurt um, Couchy. He was the, the school captain, and he would come into my vet music class. He was the bass player. Yeah. And he was always just like super keen. Let's do this. Let's do that. Yeah. He was so engaged. He was going above and beyond to do stuff that wasn't even part of the curriculum. So he was so keen to learn all about Pro Tools and recording and all that stuff yeah. that he invited the concert band to come into the music room. And he didn't know what he was doing, but he set all the mics up yeah. and recorded them. That's awesome. And this, all we needed to do for Vet was just record like a four-piece band. Well, yeah. But he's like, no, I want to record everybody. Yeah. And let's make it happen. And yep. so, you know, that strikes me, you know, you're that, that kind of character, man. Thank you. Um, and yeah, so, and what's, that's actually funny because if you fast forward a couple of years into year nine, when like you, get the, you have like your electives programs, they... They, it was year nine. They introduced the the first. It was the first class they were ever going to do at my school because they they built a hay bale recording studio, like ah. a, a recording studio completely made out of hay bale. And they're like, "Oh, we're going to do this, so we're going to run music sound production." Nice. And I'm like, "I will sign up for that." So I signed up for it, and we got yeah taught how to learn like how to use Pro Tools and nice all that. And then I'm like. I know what I want to do. I want to be a, I want to be a soundie. I want to be a tech guy. I want to do this for my life. Hey. Um, so I got to record like demos and stuff. And that was about that around that time. So I've got bass, guitar, piano, and sax under my belt. Yes. And I was like, one day they're like, oh, you need to, re- we need to record a demo. And I'm like, oh, and I was, it was around the time where I was just kind of like a little bit lazy. I had my first girlfriend in year nine, so I was like, oh, I just want to, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I just want to, I don't want to do work, I just want to spend time with her. Sure. And I was like, they're like, oh, well, like, you got to record a demo. I'm like, well, I I know stuff on bass and guitar, I can, I, I can sing well enough, well enough. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have a drummer. So I just taught myself how to play drums. <laughs> oh, so now I'm a drummer as well. <laughs> um, just, to, just to play this fucking shitty three, three minute demo. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what song I played. Yeah. Um, so now I've played drums. Yeah, right. Um, and yeah, so through the rest of that, it was when I started going, um, I started going to a few gigs as well with my brother. The first gig I went to was, um, it was the end of year seven. It was Parkway Drive before they were the biggest metal band of the world. I, like, they played at the billboards and now they're, like, they're playing like Rod Laver and stuff. Oh, okay. And like headlining go. German, like they headlined download and walking and all all sorts of things right like last year and then 10 years ago I saw them play at billboards yeah 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 so um yeah so my first gig was a really awesome like metalcore show and then I started like and obviously like because they were like the big bands and then like you kind of you see kids at show, shows with like local band shirts I'm like oh listen to them that's when I started being obsessed with local music as well all the way through and then like year 10, 11 I started going to shows I'm like oh I'll just go to a gig on, on Saturday Finished playing my Saturday morning tennis and I'd go off and 
um, go to a gig, go to a hardcore show or a punk show or whatever. Like uh, underage shows or all over- ages shows, yeah. All, all ages, mainly all ages shows. No, underage as well. Yeah, there's not many of those now. Which oh, sorry, kind of all sucks. ages. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's there was under eighteen shows. A lot of international bands would play under 18s and over 18s. Yeah, if it was like a band, if it was a like a venue like Billboard or Hi-Fi Bar, or a band that has a big underage following. Yeah, and they're like we better you know play we'll to the market. Both. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, but a lot of like Melbourne hardcore shows would just do eighteen like uh, all ages shows, shows like Phoenix Youth Youth Center, yeah, and it's like like your local youthy or whatever. Um, and I met a whole bunch of friends through that, and then, and that's when I started getting really into doing like sounding and lighting for live stuff, right? Um, so and then in year twelve, it just kind of kicked off as well. So I was doing still doing music, playing saxophone like every day and performing yeah. and whatnot. Um. And around that time, I actually started gigging with my uncle's cover band because they were like, oh, you want to come play sax for us? Yeah. So I played sax and then every song I wasn't playing saxophone, I'd pick up the second guitar and do like rhythm shit and sing harmony and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what was what was the um, cover band called? We were called Crossroads because they were massive Eric Clapton fans. Right. Yeah. And what kind of like places were they playing? Uh, so we had a residency at, um, it's not there anymore, I don't think. It's uh, Edwards Place in Edwards Street. There was a pool hall. Yeah. On Edward Street Reservoir. Oh. Yeah, down at the bottom end. Edward's Place in Reservoir. Yeah. Is that like... It was a pool hall, like, slash bar. Was, is that like near Tomo, anywhere near Tomo? No, no, it's... Um, Am I thinking of the wrong... Oh, I don't know maybe. what you're talking about. But, um, yeah, so it was on Edward Street but Reservoir. It was like not, a pool right, hall. Right near the station, right, not, right near Reservoir Station. Um, like two minutes from Edwards Lake. Okay, cool. Um, and yeah, every Saturday night we'd play to like this. We'd play to like the same fifty people. Yeah, Cause it's because it's reservoir. Like nobody goes out in a reservoir. No, like it's not a place to go out apart from like the bogans who live around the corner. They'll go yeah, there, dude. sink tins, smoke in the front lounge, listen to us play fucking covers. Like we'd play a mixture of Beatles, Billy Joel, pretty much sixties through the nineties. Sure, man. Um, so that was and that was like that was really cool. I'm like that's yeah. awesome. Like. Yeah. I'm playing. I, I get to play saxophone, guitar, and I play drums as well. When I, when my cousin couldn't rock up to a gig, <laughs> so um, but then around that time as well, you're rounder, mate. <laughs> overachiever, I like to call it. <laughs> um, so around that time was yeah. So I started, but it was also started going to, going to more shows, like meeting, making friends with people in bands. Sure. And like, oh, like, do you do anything with me? I can do sound and lighting, so I do some sound and lighting for bands. And that turned into me going to like my music because I was school cap school music captain, right? That then that turned into me going to like the principal and the vice principal and the school music coordinator, going, um, "Can my mates band play here at lunchtime?" Right. So I was booking bands <laughs> to play like punk and pop punk bands, yeah, for lunchtime right, to, concerts to like play play like on the year seven decking. At lunchtime. That's fantastic. Yeah, and like I'd so I'd and I was always I was smart about. It. I'm a worker. I'm a smart boy. Sure. I'd I'd have without uh, I'd have period so period three was was the one before lunch. I'd so I'd always make sure I'd book them to play that lunchtime where I'd have period three off. So I I I'd I'd lug PA amps everything mm. from the music room to this year seven decking in an hour set it all up and sound check for them to start playing at 10 past 1 when lunchtime started mate that sounds like my my actual working life yeah there's <laughs> <laughs> a lunchtime gig mate I've got to have that period off beforehand yeah. and set everything up back yeah. it all down but I do it all by myself yeah dude do it all by myself sometimes without even a bloody trolley <laughs> yeah exactly um, 
And I, so I'd, I'd be booking bands to play. Wow. And then like we'd have when we have like we'd have fundraisers and like I'd be just booking bands to to come play. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, we like we want to have like because we had like some bullshit fundraiser. I remember at the year at the end of year twelve and all the captains were like oh we haven't done anything like this year. I'm like yeah because you're fucking idiots. Anyway, <laughs> um, and like oh we should do like a big fundraiser night. I'm like they're like oh we'll get like like a jumping like like ar- like arcades and fair rides and we'll get food trucks like oh, oh and what can you do I'm like I'll look give me 10 minutes I'll I'll, I'll book four bands and I book four bands like 10 minutes yeah because yeah. because I've been going I just start every weekend I just go to shows sure yeah and like a bit of a sidebar around that time I broke my foot and then obliterated my knee playing tennis so my tennis career had, it was over oh wow if I wanted to go on and play some sort of circuit my career was fucked yeah <laughs> so that's when music was just kind of going hey I'm here for you music's yeah. just going to guide you to a new life <laughs> oh yeah sick no worries um, so and yeah and that's and, and then we go in chapter go, 2 yeah, uh, yeah actually yes so um, in, I end year 12 with a shit ATAR I didn't need anyway because I decided to go to do a um, a diploma in audiovisual technology at RMIT mm-hmm. and it was the best thing if I never did that course, I would not do what I am doing right now. Right, right. Like, that is like, people say that, but that's like a legit, genuine, Yes. I would not be doing this. Yeah. Where um, did you go, sorry? RMIT. Which um, campus? The city? In the cam- city. In the city, yeah. Yeah. Actually, no. It, that, it, it is true to an extent. In the summer holidays of like 2013 and 14, so between high school and uni, yeah. I went to, it was when they tried to revive Vans Warped Tour. And had Offspring and Milan Colin and Simple Plan and oh. all sorts of bands play uh, Burel Maro and the Yarra. I'm like, oh, weird place for a festival. Anyway, who cares? Okay. It was a sick day. And I met this guy from Perth. Luke is his name. We don't talk anymore, but I, I do remember him. And he's like, and we were chatting. And then we, he had me on Facebook. And he's like, hey, man, like I've seen you like post stuff on about music. Because I, I, I I'd, I'd be that guy that just posts music on Facebook just for like, fuck it. Oh, I'm listening to the song. You can listen to it too. <laughs> and they were... And he goes, hey, like I've, me and my mate over here in Perth, we run a um a reviews website called Pillar, and do you want to write for us? I'm huh. like, wow, well, yeah, no worries, cool, sure. I'll listen to music and write about it and tell people if they're good or shit. I'm like I don't care, I'll do it anyway. <laughs> um, so that happened for the first few months of 2014. And as I was at, just started uni, in the first twelve, it was a, it was a only a twelve week course, but it was it was a photo editing course. I'm like, oh, I haven't done this before. This is kind of cool. Well, oh, I'll, do, I'll do it. Right. And we had to take a couple of photos and um and like edit them and do everything. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. And toward the so like twelve weeks between January and April is like the first twelve weeks of of semester or whatever, mm. and um. And around that time, I was uh, I was doing gig reviews as well for this website, and I was just sick of photographers flaking on me. I'm like, fuck it, I'm doing it myself. Right. So if I'd never written for that website, I'd never be doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Because I'm like, nah, fuck it. So I bought a. So obviously, so like going to gigs, I met a met a whole bunch of photographers. Yes. And like people I trust, I'm like, look, I'm gonna start doing it myself because I'm sick of people flaking on me. Mm. Um, what should I get? And they told me like a good entry level camera to get, and I bought it. Yep. And I just started shooting gigs for myself. Nice. And then I stopped writing for it because that website kind of just crumbled and obliterated, as most good things do. Yeah. And and yeah, and that's pretty much how that's how Digital Beard was born. Because I'm like, I just started because I was going to gigs all the time. I just yeah. started just going every single weekend. Every single weekend. I go to a show, take my camera, 
I just met people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you were still doing your study at the same time, yeah, though? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Just hanging on by a thread. Hanging on. You were able to get your qualification within a, a couple of years? Yeah, so it was a two-year course. Yeah. Um, and so I'm a qualified lighting technician and yeah. a rigger. And a rigger. But I won't do it. So. <laughs> you got the photography I got, gig. I got the ticket, so it's all good. Love um, it. But yeah, so, and then, yeah, this is when it starts kicking off into what I do now, really. Right, um, yeah, yeah. I was still playing, like, music and stuff occasionally. Actually, it was the same year I started the last band I've ever been in. Oh, okay. Yeah, so so I was uni, started doing photos, and in a geeking band. What was the band? We were called the Miyagis, because... The Miyagis. Yeah, so, like, so my <laughs> mate Sam, he posted on Facebook going, I want to start a punk band, who the fuck wants to join? Sure. I'm like, he's like, I need a drummer and a bass player, because he's like, I'm doing singing guitar, because he's the biggest fat Mike no effects fan in the world. <laughs> um... And I'm like, I'll drum. Sounds good. Yeah. And he's like, I'm like, what's your idea? What do you got? And he's like, um, you know, I want to play like punk music, but not. And that that's for some reason, like, there was like two two months in 2014 where all I listened to was surf rock. I don't know why. Like Dick Dale and like the Venturas and Beach Boys and all sorts of that. Like right. early mid 60s surf rock. I'm like, why don't we just like mix surf rock with like hardcore? Sure. So we're like a surf surf punk band. <laughs> Respect. Yeah, and we and he's, I'm like, we got a you got a name. He's like, oh, I'm watching Karate Kid right now. I'm like, it's called the Miyagi's. Why the fuck not? Perfect. The first single we put out was called Wax On Wax Off. Yes. Are literally about that. So like, and like I was in the band for like six eight months. And it was heaps of fun. Sure. But then like I left because like. At the end of that year, because that was when like my photography started kicking off. I'm like, well, I want to balance both. Yeah. Um, and so, um, what kind of bands did you start working with um, when you were in uni, and, and then when you left? Because I remember you mentioning that there was a um, a few bands that would um, that would kind of blow me away a little bit. Yeah, I just like a lot of bands because being the Melbourne hardcore and metal scene, like just people want you to work, just work, help them out. Sure. And. Um, so I remember the first, I don't know if you, you may not have heard them, but like a band from Sydney called Polaris. Yeah. I remember the first time they came to Melbourne, they played in front of 50 people. Sure. And now they're selling out like the forum and like touring wow. Europe and headlining Europe and wow. the States. And I'm like, I took photos of like your first gig in Melbourne. Like this is wild. Like bands yeah. like Ocean Grove who are now massive. Yeah, right. Um, so in the punk scene then. Yeah, punk, like metal, metalcore, hard, like Melbourne hardcore stuff like, like Sydney yeah. and Sydney hardcore. Yeah. And... It was around that. So yeah, around then I just I was just like, this is what I'm doing. I'm just going to take photos of bands, and I, um, a lot of gigs were at a place called Wrangle Studios in Footscray. Yeah, uh, run by a really good man of mine, Dean, and like he'd be doing like three gigs a, a weekend: Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. Ah. And I'd go there Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. Right. I just take photos. I I was addicted to taking photos, photos. of bands. Fuck. What and was the um what was the wildest thing that you captured on film? In the early days it was oh so there was this my it is still to date the my favorite gig I've ever been to. Yeah. Not the best gig but my favorite show I've ever been to. It was this Canadian hardcore band called um Counterparts and it was their first uh, it was their first headline tour of Australia. Yeah. And it was middle of December. And Wrangler was still like, it was just, it, it, it's literally this room above a panel beater in Footscray. Right. And it holds about 250, 300 people 
pushing it. Max, yeah. <laughs> oh, pushing it. <laughs> um, and they they were booked to play to play Wrangler. I'm like, well, yeah, fuck you, I'm going. Yeah. Like, it was a so- it sold out in like a day. Like this band were massive. Wow. There was an all ages show. Um, ah, right. And a lot of the time back then was when like Bang and Next were a thing. Okay, like yeah, the, night, like, the, like, is, the yeah. Old, like the metal alt nightclubs. So with smaller bands, their eighteen plus show would just would be at Next or Bang, and no one wants to go. Like not everyone wants to go there. Sure. So like a lot of the older people would go to the All Ages show. Um, but that was the most incredible gig I've ever been to. It was sold out, and that that band's like they wrote very emotional lyrics about like office like uh, mental health, depression, um, like suicide, all that kind of stuff. Okay, and so they got like whole, all these like young kids just like bawling their eyes out, like just screaming like lyric like the words in this guy's face. All right, and it was just like people and like the roof was obviously the roof like it's this like. Not a big roof, like just standard roof line. Yeah, people crowd surfing, like going through the roof, like because you know that like that square, like f- like f- uh, foamy kind of roof. Yes. So people like just like getting crowd surfed into the roof, and like it was just the most awesome vibe ever. Because like this was like for all six bands that played on that bill, it was like at cranked to eleven the entire time. Yeah. Crowd were like on it the entire time. That's still my favorite gig I've ever shot. And that was like. Still, I'm like, yeah, it was like my first year of taking photos. Yeah, right. Just because it was just a di- it was different. It was yeah. really like passionate and powerful. Oh man, I do want to hear more about your time as the rock and roll photographer. But uh, before we do, I want to take a moment to tell our listeners about Anytime Fitness in Epping. I recently joined the Anytime Fitness community, and I love it. They give you a key fob, which gives you 24 hour access to not only your home gym but every Anytime Fitness location around the world. Which means if you're planning a holiday, you don't want to ease up on your training, you can still find a gym wherever you are around the globe. And it's perfect for the touring musician or the touring wrestler. Uh, If you are on the road and you need to uh, get a pump in before your next match or your next gig, you can always find an Anytime Fitness location somewhere and get your training in. I love the whole concept of the 24-hour gym and I think the best part for me, because I don't like training with headphones on, uh, because, you know, I, uh, you know, wear headphones while I'm podcasting. (laughs) And, you know, it's unavoidable, but you can avoid it if you go to the gym, especially the... 24-hour gym, Anytime Fitness, because they have an app for it. It's called Crowd DJ, and uh, you just download it onto your smartphone, and you can control the music in the gym. So if you're in the mood to play some of your favorite tracks and you've forgotten your headphones at home, or if you're like me and you don't like to train with headphones on, uh, you can still listen to your own curated playlist of music while getting your gym session done. Now, they also have the Anytime Fitness app, which has got heaps of programs and workouts to help you on your fitness journey. Not to mention the very friendly staff, which are always there. It's happy to help during business hours. Not there at two in the morning, but they're there business hours to give you a hand. Head on down to Anytime Fitness and sign up today, baby. Have you ever taken a photo of someone and then they've come around and go, can you can you take that off? I don't want that photo online. A lot of times. Mainly now with wrestling. Yeah. Um, I've had a... With music, it wasn't as much. Sure. The, I think the thing I hated most, and I actually like, I actually rented about a lot online when I was... Was when um, like you'd go to a gig and like you'd literally be on the train home. And I'm... Look, I bought it upon myself um, just because... I'm a very competitive person, like just 
through sport and life in general, I'm very competitive. Sure, yeah. And when there's like six photographers at a local gig, I want my photos up first. So I bought one of those little modems and because and a lot of the gigs were either in Footscray or Ringwood or Springvale. Sure. I've got a two-hour trek home to Reservoir. Right. I'm editing and uploading photos on my way home. At the gig? Yeah. Well, at the gig sometimes. If it was a photo I liked enough, I would, it would be at the gig. But most of the time, we'd be on the way home. And I, How I, would you do that on the way home? Just, um... You're driving? Yeah. No, train. Oh, you train I it. I don't drive, so it's always on the train. Oh, you don't drive? No. How did you get here? Uber is your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Uber? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, um... So, yeah, I'd be on the train home editing photos, uploading, like, like just like a selection of photos oh, from the daily. Oh, And you'd get kids in the front row going, hey, did you get me crowd surfing or did you get me with a micro? I'm like, fuck off. Oh. I'm like, I'm not, ta- I'm not here to take photos of you. I'm here to take photos of the bands. The bands. Yeah. And so, how does it work? So, like, you're... Because you were saying how you are competitive and there's, like, six independent photographers all there. Yeah. You're not actually booked by the, the venue or the booker. I was the- making no money. You're just taking photos. You're basically just a punter. Paying to get in, taking photos of the band, hoping they liked them and go and putting them on the website, and then you might get some paid work out of it. Yeah. Well, at, at this point, I was mates with all the guys who put on shows, so they'd, they'd give me door spots. So I'd get I'd get in for nothing anyway. Right. It's like, I, all, and at the point, I was friends with the band, so they'd give me a door spot anyway. And they're like, "Look, we can't pay you, but we'll give you a door spot." Yeah, whatever. I'm still learning how to take photos. I'll fucking do it. Sure. Which sure. Which is cool. Like, I mean, that's it's. it's Fuck, I mean, it saves me 20 bucks, as bad yeah. as that sounds. Yeah, but you, in your mind, you're like, well, I was I was going to be there and take photos of you anyway. Yeah. You know? Man, if you're, if you're going to, like, essentially pay for me to get in, that's cool. Whatever. I'll take more photos of you during your set than I would the next band. Yes. Um, And, yeah, it was just that, so I, I was just, yeah, exactly right. Like, I would just make sure my photos are better. I want to give them to the, the bands quicker, so they'd go up. So they'd put, they'd reshare them, like, then for the, they'd use it for their promotional material for their gig the next week. And so, you know how you've got your watermark at the bottom of a, of, of yeah. a photo? Yeah. See, when, I, when I, I book a photographer, I only book photographers that don't have a watermark. Okay. Because I prefer to have just a clean photo on yeah. my profile, and then I'll just tag them in the photo. Photo yeah. by this person. So, I've that s- doesn't need the watermark kind of obstructing the image. Yeah. I, but I'd love to get the photographer's point of view on that. Um, I was super watermarky when I first started. I'm like, fuck. Because a lot of... A lot of um, back in like obviously early Instagram days, you could only use this. You could only upload square photos. Yes. Um. So I'd put my watermark in the middle of the photo, so you couldn't crop it. Right. I was that guy. Yeah. Because a lot of because some people wouldn't credit pho- photographers. Yes. So my, my watermark's there. People are gonna know who the fuck took the photo. Fair enough. Um. But nowadays I don't. Um. Because I so nowadays I work for killyourstereo.com. Okay. So I do a lot of work, do all my music work now for, for those guys. Yes. Um, like exclusively. Um, and I don't put my watermark on photos because they just credit me in like the in the article. Right. Okay. Uh, and it looks cleaner anyway. It does, yeah, yeah. yeah. R- wrestling's different because obviously wrestling want, uh, the promotions want their watermark on there too. They want their logo as well. Of course, so that's yeah. the, that's a different kettle of fish. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so in 2014, so I, f- I took photos of my first ever gig on June 8th, 2014. Mm. It was um, an American band called Being as an Ocean. They were playing a last minute, like like a ten dollar gig. They were they were on tour with like um, In Hearts Wake, a big hardcore band, metalcore band from Sydney. Okay, and they were like, "Fuck it, we got a spare day. Let's do a let's do." A, and it was a public holiday. It was a Labor Day. Yeah. So they're like, "We'll just do a show at Wrangler." I went. I took photos because I just got my camera. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, and so between I remember counting it up. This num, num this number sticks in my head. Um, between June eighth, two thousand and fourteen, uh, and June and December thirty first, two thousand fourteen, I took photos of eighty six shows. Jeez, in what five and a half months? Wow. I'd, yeah. So I'd be as I said, I'd be shooting a gig Friday night. Separate se- shows or, or bands? Separate shows. Jesus. And you're looking and how many ma- shows in a day? Exactly. So like, um, sometimes I do like Friday night, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Some days I'd be doing Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday. Right. Sometimes I'd be doing Saturday Arvo, Saturday night, Saturday night headliner of a gig on the other side of town. I, and I, again, I don't Jeez. drive, so I'd just be public transporting it everywhere. Oh man, that'd be driving me mental. I, and so I, and I did that. So I 86 gigs. Yeah. And that's like, and Melbourne Hardcore back in the day were putting like six band bills. Far out. So that's like 300 bands. That's even a lot. like That's a lot of bands. Yeah. Obviously a lot of double ups. Like I've shot like my, like some mates bands at least 30 times. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, But still separate shows. And, but there was some, ba- so th- this is when I started, Um, obviously like, and a lot of bands would, they'd, obviously get to know me more and then they, they started like slipping like 50 bucks. I'm like, fuck yeah, that's cool. Like, nice. So I start actually getting like a little bit of money for like all my hard work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't like, I don't like putting myself over, which is funny because I always wear my own merch and everything <laughs> and I have my logo tatted on my wrist now. <laughs> but like, I, I work really hard. Sure. And yeah. I've always worked really hard. Um, yeah, to the point where, yeah, I was yeah, shooting three gigs in a day. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to get my name out there, just to pe- for people to see my photos. I'd be yeah. just going across Melbourne. Um, but there was a band that I, I met them when I was doing sound back in like 2011, 12, um, called The Playbook, like a pop punk band, like like early pop punk, like kind of like, like a mix with like Mill and Colin and like um, No Fun At All and um, New Fan Glory and all those sorts of like pop punky kind of bands, a little bit of breakdown in it, kind of. Just awesome, like mid nineties punk. Cool, yeah. Um, kind of like Body Jar. Sure. Um, and I met those guys, and I saw them play heaps, and then I started taking photos, and they're like, "Oh, and like just come shoot with us," and that was the first band that ever took me on the road. Oh right. And they're like, oh, they're like, because I th- I feel like touring photographers are important. Because obviously, obviously, like you can, like there's always photographers at gigs shooting. There's always going to be a photographer shooting. But if you take your own photographer, like you know, like they know what you want. Like we yes. know what you want. Yes. Because we've shot you a hundred times, so we know what we know what we know when you're going to jump up in that certain song. We know you're going to do something with the mic stand. Like touring photographers know. Because like we've been with the band for ages, yeah. So you know when to capture those. Yeah, moments. exactly. And like yeah. they're, like, they're like, like we love you. Like you've been with us for a while. Like just start coming out with us on the yeah, road. Yeah, yeah. Um. So my first ever trip was in 2015 to um Adelaide. Yeah. With uh, the playbook, so they they supported a band, American band called Real Friends in Melbourne on the Friday night. Sure. And then we drove to Adelaide Saturday and supported them in Adelaide on Sunday afternoon. At my favourite venue in the country, Fowler's Live. Have you ever heard of that that place? I've heard of it. play there? I've never played there, but I've heard of it. Is that in Adelaide? In the middle of Adelaide City, yeah. It's not around anymore. It sucks. 
got shut down, but that place is amazing. Like bands like Offspring and stuff have played there. It is a sick venue. Adelaide's the only town that I haven't played. Oh, okay. One of the only towns. And or WA. Yeah, fair. I, that I was did a, everywhere else. Yeah, I, I went down I, to Tassie once, but yeah. I never made my way over to Adelaide. I, I've never been to Perth either. But I want to go to Perth. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that and, that, and then we just started doing that. We did Adelaide and then Sydney and then a full tour run and everything. Mm. Um, And they were just, they were my band. Like they were the people I loved and like we, I th- like... So they, really, did you have to pay your own way to go on tour with them? Um, no. The, so like, they were big enough to actually give you coin and you, you'd come home and you'd, you would actually have money in your pocket. You wouldn't be out of pocket after yeah. coming home from the like, tour. Obviously, we weren't flying. We were driving everywhere, as you would. Okay, okay. But um, like, they, yeah, like they, would, they would slip me like a couple of, like not heaps of money. But yeah, you weren't losing money yeah, going no. on the road with them. No, because I, I would usually use that money for like the money they gave me for like the weekend away. Like, right, more right. or less. Um, which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they were the first real band, like, I guess Take a Pump with me actually take me on the road. Yeah. Um, I did that a couple of times with them, and then 2015, I just, like, went on a downward spiral. I hated taking photos, because at that, I think, so 2015 was my full, fir- like, my first full year of photography. Okay. And, because I said I took shot 86 shows in the last six months of... I'd shot 86 shows in the first five months of 2015. Oh, okay. You did it I again. shot 130 shows in 2015. Whew. And I just burnt myself out. And yeah, it's my own fault. Like, looking about now, it's, I'm a fucking idiot. It's my own fault. Sure, yeah. Um, And then it was then when I realized that I love wrestling. Right. I've always loved wrestling. Yeah. And I've, like, because I watched wrestling as a kid and I kind of stopped watching a little bit, but then I've just always loved wrestling. And you started and taking photos at wrestling shows. Found out about... I, I went to an MCW show in two, mid-2015. I'm like, oh, this is fucking cool. Yeah. Because I, I, I was funny. I, it was... Um, actually, it was it was Record Store Day 2015. And I was... I got the bus down to High Street Preston from... Uh, the High Street Thornbury from Reservoir. Yeah. The old 552 bus line. Get off at the corner of Dunder Street and just walk down Thornbury. <laughs> um, and I walked past Thornbury Theatre. I'm like... That's a wrestling ring going into that venue. Ah, That's fucking cool. Yeah. So I walk further down High Street and I'm like, I'm just going to go spend $100 in vinyl. <laughs> and <laughs> As I walk, you do. And then I walk back up and then I go home because this was like mid-afternoon. I'm like, i got nothing to do. There was no, oh, I'm not shooting a gig tonight. Go back down to Thorbury, go to a wrestling show. Yeah. And then I forgot about that. For, I didn't forget about it, but I just, because every time they had a show, I was shooting a gig. I'm like, I want to go again, but I can't. Um, and then I just, I, I said this to, to a lot of people. It was um, October 2015. I locked my, I locked my stuff away in a, in a cupboard. I hated it. I didn't want mm-hmm. to see it for a month. Just didn't do anything. And I'm like, no. Mum's like, you should really do something. Like either sell it or do something and see if you want to do it. And if you don't want to do it again, just sell it. Yeah. Like just give it a go again. Um, and I just emailed MCW going, hello, my name's Owen. I am a massive wrestling fan. I've never taken photos of wrestling, but I've toured the country. I've taken photos of many a band, lots of big bands. Um, can I take photos of your show? And Mikey J said yes. And I've been back every show since, apart yeah, from right. one when I was on tour with the band. There you go. Yeah. Um, and that's when, like, the, I guess the second part of my life kicked off, which I think is the better part of my life anyway. Because didn't... Um, it was a student at my school. 
I can't remember her name because her her Facebook name is this weird thing because she's actually a wrestler now, Bricks de Avocado or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. her name? Uh, Lauren. Lauren, that's yeah. her. I went to an MCW show and um, I and actually I went to an MCW show and she was there taking photos. Yeah. And I also went to um, Tommy, Dream, Tommy Dreamer's promotion to, to meet Mick Foley. Yes, yeah. And she was at that show as well. Cool. And this was before she was an in-ring competitor. Yeah. And then she started wrestling, I think, maybe for about a year. And then I think she got injured and now she's going back to training or whatever. Um, so were you taking photos while she was taking photos as well? No, not really. Okay. Um, was she before your time or after? Just around, like she. I think from memory, she was doing more like just out of the outside. Like I was doing ringside, ringside stuff. She was doing more just like crowd shots. Oh, like, right. Not like, not like bigger shows. From memory, it's yeah. Sometimes was, you're booked together, and other times it was just you. There was another guy, Corey, who was like the MCW ringside guy, but like, they just kept me so we had two ringside guys as well ah from- right so they're not a, yeah of course that makes sense there's always more than one photographer yeah, yeah. you get more angles and um, shit yeah so and that's when wrestling kicked off yeah. uh, I went on my last tour with a band in February 2016 a band called Advocates from Melbourne yeah uh, originally from New Zealand recently relocated to Melbourne and like I started working with them a lot and they're like um, I, we did a day trip up to Wodonga of all places for, <laughs> a, for a, um, a regional show right with a, a Formerly Perth, I now 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 still Perth. Uh, death metal band uh, make them suffer. Somewhat big, I'd say like like C grade in the the Australian metal. They're pretty big. Yeah, right. Um, they do like two like they like headline America and Europe and stuff now. But they were oh, doing wow. like regional tours. Like I like when bands do regional tours. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and we went did a trip to with, to Wodonga with them, and then two weeks later we did a full New South Wales run. Wollongong, Sydney, Newcastle, like the Thursday through Sunday. It was mm. awesome. Yeah. One of my favorite times on the road. Probably one of my favorite times on the road because it was like constant. Right. But it was just heaps of fun. I love that. I love that tour. Really the worst f- thing about it was there was uh, six sweaty dudes in a nine-seater van. Oh, okay. With yeah. drum kits. Yeah, with, with that's a drum not kit. fun, man. It was a band we toured with were from Perth, so they didn't have a back line. Okay. So we supplied the back line as well so like cab we somehow fit cabs um, drum kits guitars our bags and six of us in a nine seat van yeah that's that's an impressive game of Tetris we were very good at it yeah <laughs> you have to be man yeah yeah but um from those days is there any memories that sticks out in your mind that like you think our listeners might get a chuckle out of um like something unexpected that happened on the road that you weren't expecting uh being Offered meth in Newcastle. Well, that's unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was a really we played the, it was, the show was at the Hamilton Station Hotel in in Newcastle, which is a sick venue. Um, their main room, but we got shoved in the front bar because okay. it was a t- it was a tiny show. Yeah. Um, it was I love I really I fucking loved that that show. That was heaps of fun because there were some really cool bands on that on that um on that show but we're, we're bumping out and it was in, it's in like a real, it's like kind of like in the, in the like the industrial kind of part of Newcastle right bit. and our van was parked there and we're putting stuff in this guy comes he's like oh you guys were fucking sick eh and like the boy's like oh yeah thanks thanks like thank you like, thanks for watching thanks sure. for buying merch and he's like oh he's like oh you guys are like going out oh, no, we've got to drive back to Sydney because um, we're staying in Sydney, we've got a two-hour drive home. Yeah. Um, and then we got to um. Uh, we got the 
Actually, we had a day off the next day. Like, we, we, we fucked. We're like, no, we're, we're going to go drive back to Melbourne tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Because, like, if you want, if you guys want, like, I'll give you some meth. <laughs> like, and there's me, like, well, I would have been, like, 20. There's 20-year-old me going, I don't want to die tonight. So we just, like, we just, like, bonded the van, just fucked off. Yeah, It was yeah. so fun. Like, I've never been offered meth before. And of no. all places, like, just at the back of a gig. Yeah. But, um... No, I've never been offered it, thank God. <laughs> so you've got one on me, big fella. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, um... No, because... What says that you about you and the band you're with that this guy thinks, oh, these guys might want to I guess it's try just to kill like... themselves tonight with this illicit <laughs> drug that's so unpredictable? Yeah. You could... Explode your heart in a matter of seconds. Yeah, crazy. It was so. (laughs) It was so. It was so random. It was like it was just weird. But like, I get it's really funny because like, yeah, when you hear about going on tour, oh, it's gonna be fucking wild. Yeah, my tour stories are not that fun. Right, right. Genuinely, I think that like my favorite tour story from that was when we just like we spent about two hundred dollars at Macca's and just ate it in the van. Because that's what you do on tour. Why did you spend $200 on McDonald's? Because we were hungry. How, but what did you actually buy? Well, like, there's six of us in the van. Six people. Lots $200. Of, lots of nuggies. Lots of nuggies. Lots of nuggets. What yeah. is that, like $10 for t- 20 nuggets or some shit? Not back then, though. Not in not like, not 2016, though. Okay, okay. So we, and it was just, we were hungry boys. Yeah, 20 years old, spending... So that's six dudes. So that's like about 40 bucks each. Actually sounds about... That sounds very right. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> I remember I used to feel like a fat cunt when I would drive home from a gig and I would I would order a fucking Big Mac meal, medium Big Mac meal, yeah. and a double or a triple cheeseburger. Yeah. And I would smash that on the that's, way home. That's my post-MCW feed. My girlfriend would attest that. I'd go yeah. double, double quarter pounder yeah. meal. Yeah. 10 nuggets and a cheeseburger. Fucking hell. I'm a Fantastic. Big, look at me. I'm a growing boy. You're, you're a big lad, mate. <laughs> I'm not a big lad. I'm, you know, a pound and a half. <laughs> and I would eat that and it would just go all to my gut. Yeah. You know, <laughs> up until about two years ago, my Fuck. lady said to me, she was like, Dave, you, you need to hit the gym, mate. You know, you're a bit depressed. You need to get off the fucking couch. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're right, babe. So now I'm actually I'm going to go to the gym after we finish here. Yeah, sick. Because now if I don't get a workout in during the day, I I just I can't sleep. Yeah. And I get jittery. Yeah. And I don't know what to do with myself. That's, I, I'm the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you I'm, go to the gym. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. actually, like this time period in my storytelling is when I start going to the gym. Ah. Because, um, well, I mean, when you spend $40 at McDonald's, you kind of think, oh, shit, maybe I should do something about the, this. So when I, like, when I left high school, I was still playing tennis like four nights a week. Um, so I was like, and, but I'm a big boss, but I was probably like 95 100 kilo. kilo maybe yeah and but you're I tall though that, yeah that, that'll sit on so you so I didn't well, look yeah. big no but then going to uni and like when you walk out of uni you've got the holy trinity of Hungry Jack's Macca's KFC yes. staring you in the face at, I know. at the top end of Swanson Street you're like yeah. well fuck me right yes better say hi to the colonel yes <laughs> yes so so I put on 45 kilos in two years Ah. Yeah, and then when you add touring, when when you're on the road, or and when you're is gigging, just junk. well, that's the thing. Like when like when you're on the, it's a shit way to justify it. Yeah, but when like when a gig shoot finishes at twelve o'clock, and you're the gig, and like you're getting the train at Southern Cross Station, what else is open? What else is open apart from HJ's at Southern Cross Station? Yeah, nothing. No. So and you're starving. Yeah, because like, yeah. I've just shot a gig for four hours. Yeah. Um, 
So, and that was when I started, yeah. And then so, but getting into wrestling and doing wrestling, I met Elliot Sexton. Yeah. Um, and his personal trainer. Well, now, is he a personal trainer well, as well? Well, now Brendan Vink in NXT. He's a yeah, big shot guy. Is Elliot Sexton over in NXT now? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, and so he was like, hey, because like, my knees had been obliterated anyway and like being fat didn't help. Um, he was like, hey, man, like just come check it out at the gym. Let me yeah. know. Like, we'll do like a couple of sessions for nothing. Yeah. And just let me know. And yeah, just... So I was about 100... I was nearly 150 kilos. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. But I didn't look it because I was a big guy. Um, but now I'm the same size and I'm 115. Right. So I've in like in like three, four years, I've lost, yeah, like 45 kilos. Like, that's nearly, fantastic, nearly 40. dude. Yeah. The lowest I've been recently is 105, but then I put it back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So, and then well, yeah, now we're into wrestling. Um, there you go, man. And... Because I saw you at the um, the Christmas show shooting. Oh, um, Wrestle Rock. Wrestle Rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Uh, now, unless there's another dude, I'm getting confused with a Hawaiian shirt and a giant beard. You, you're the your your gimmick is to come and give them the drinks pre- before the show, right? No, that's Hawko. Oh, that's Hawko. Yeah, that's my best mate, Sean Hawkins. There is another guy with a beard. Yes, <laughs> I apologize. Yes. Um, okay, that's Hawko who does yeah, that. Hawko's the man. Yeah, right. I, lo- I love that man. He he does that. Um, but yeah. So and then yeah, this wrestling kicked off. Um, and then. At- so and I was just I started making like heaps of friends yeah. in wrestling, and then I was, in that year it was like in 2016 I didn't shoot many gigs at all because yeah. I'm like I've, and and around the same time I got my first like proper job I started working retail mm. so weekends is you got to work weekends so yeah. I just compl- I stopped like there was no time to shoot gigs really yeah you're just doing more the, like shooting uh, the only, wrestling gigs instead yeah only gigs on like a Fridays like Friday nights or Saturday nights yeah. Um, if I wasn't because I'd just get I'd, I'd get rostered on weekends. Where, like, where did you end up working? Uh, Vans in the South Wharf. Oh yeah, so right Vans on. shoes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then it was like just dedicated to wrestling, and then I yeah. so I, I went on my first wrestling road trip in two thousand six. 16 we drove up to we drove up to Sydney for a show in the afternoon on Sunday afternoon and drove back overnight oh wow um, and then a was month, that with MCW no it was just four it was just four uh, four of us in the car yep just drove up drove back who were the wrestlers uh, it was Vance Adams yeah um, Josh Shooter and uh, Campbell Crawford and they went up to wrestle at a promotion up there. Yeah, wrestling go in Sydney. Yeah, nice. And they're like, "Come up, just come for the drive." I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" I took my camera, took, shot, shot the show, and we drove back. Wow. Uh, and then a month later, I, I just because I had heaps of friends up there, and then there's our Newcastle Newcastle Pro Wrestling. They're like, "We don't have a photographer." I'm like, "I'm like, I'll come up." And they're yeah. like, "Oh, we." They're like, "We can't." But I'm like, "Look, can you pay my flights and don't pay me for the show?" Sure. And they're treat like, it as a weekend. They're like, we can pay for half your flights. I'm like, fuck it, let's just do that. So, <laughs> get out. So I'm like, oh, I don't give a fuck. I'm like, I'll just, I'll, I'll just shit. again. This is this is like digital beer 2.0. I've not conquered music, but I've done music. Yeah, yeah. And I and that's, that's what I did. I just did everything I could. I could. I wanted to put my name out there, so I'm just doing the same thing in, in wrestling. In wrestling, nice. I'm just going to put my name out there. So I flew up to Sydney. Uh, I think November 2016. Yeah. Flew up to Sydney. Yeah. And. I had like the oh, sorry Newcastle I had the best time I love Newcastle nice and then I went back there February 2017 um, and then obviously like MCW's like my main focus but yes. around that time I started it was when Kill Your Stereo messaged me going hey do you want to start shooting for us yeah 
but it's not going to be like your quote-unquote shitty local shows. We're going, we're going, all we do is big shows, like big metal bands that tour and stuff. I'm like, cool, sounds good. Um, Yeah, so I started shooting like some really cool bands and then the first festival I shot was down... Yes, the first festival I shot was download 2018. Cool. So, like, I've been doing, like, like really, like, cool shows, like, big, like, like big in terms of, like, hardcore metal bands. Yes. And, um... Because that's a big scene in Australia. Yeah, big. Like, yeah. not, like, traditional metal. Well, obviously, traditional metal is huge, but I was covering more, like, the hardcore, yeah. metalcore kind of subgenre circuit. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was doing some cool shit, like, bands like Parkway Drive and Suicide Silence and, um, A Day to Remember and yeah. Alexis on Fire and all these, like, massive bands in, like, our world, really. All for this website. Yeah. And then, um, I got to, yeah, then so just gigs kept happening and obviously wrestling kept going and in 2000, 2017 was a big turning point for me. Mm. Um, because that's when I started podcasts. And yes, as I said earlier before, rock you like a hurricane runner came along. Yeah, and that was fucking awesome. Tell me about your co-host. Simon Tackler is my one of my best mates, and as I said, he just messaged me going, "Hey, I've heard you're a metalhead. I've seen you post stuff online like you're a metal guy, and obviously you like wrestling. He's like, let's just do something." Yeah, and we met. We met up a couple of times at a cafe on Smith Street, Collingwood, and just nutting out this show. Mm. And he is like he's on he's one of the best people I've ever met. He is he he loves music and metal and wrestling more than anybody. <laughs> he used to sh- he used to host a he used to host a metal show on Channel Thirty One. Oh, nice! But yeah, and he does a lot of work on PBS. Does a lot of fill in spot slots and stuff for Did the it? metal shows. Yes, um, and he also reads the traffic on the radio. <laughs> Oh, right. So you've probably heard his voice if you listen to the radio. On the commercial stations? Commercial and AM. Yeah, right. Yeah, he does. So you've, a lot of people have definitely heard his voice. Wow. And they wouldn't know it. Yeah, so, yeah. Because um, when, when we... Because um, we, we should probably kind of tell the story of how you came to be a guest here on The Art of Jury. <laughs> um, I, I went along to uh, Jake the Snake Roberts on, on the weekend at the Corner Hotel just two two days ago, actually. Yeah, yeah. Depending on when you're listening to this, guys and girls. But this was, yeah, in uh, 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 February of 2020. Yes. And... Um, uh, I'm just, you know, standing in line, you know, waiting to, to meet Jake, get a little, yeah. something little signed, you know, a little poster or something. And um, this big bearded bloke comes up to me and goes, hey, it's his dog. I'd just <laughs> taken your photo with him, by the way. You had, yeah. which I just got and I posted yeah. um, on, on one of my Facebook groups. And um, I go, yeah, mate, that's, that's me. How do you know? Because <laughs> I, I listen to your podcast. I said, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> no one listens to my podcast, mate. I know the numbers. <laughs> I see the numbers don't every you, week. Don't you love that when everyone's like, "I listen to your show." I'm like, "You're one of fifty fucking people." <laughs> yes, yes. So there are people listening. I'm not just listening to this myself. And you're, and you're not my friend, so people obviously do get it somehow. Yes, not someone... just me barraging you with links. Yeah, yeah, which blew my mind. Because there was another dude on the same night that came up to me going, Really? Hey, sis dog. <laughs> <laughs> I go, 
what? <laughs> I listen to your podcast. I get fucking the fuck out of here, man. That's the so, best. Yeah, that that was pretty rad, and it was quite it was quite interesting because I mean, as as people know who's been listening to the show over the last couple of weeks, um, I'm obviously promoting my 100th episode um, in February, which is going to be released in March because the actual number of the episodes won't get up to 100 yep. until March. But um, I'm doing that gig in Feb, and. Um, uh, I've been mentioning that um, I'm going to be hanging up the headphones for the show on a weekly basis. Okay. Yeah, because um, I've been doing it, like you said, you kind of get burnt out by you something. You get fucked with it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm like, you know what, this is a medium that I really enjoy. However, I want it to be more less frequent and more of an event. So yes. like when I speak to someone, I want it to be more like, oh, okay, Dave's, you know, he's found someone or someone's come to him yeah. that he feels like could you know bring something to this medium well I got in right on time didn't you I fucking know, you fucking know you did mate <laughs> and you never know you could have been one of those guys who've been like yeah I haven't done a podcast in a while you've got a great fucking outlook let's do it mate <laughs> you know but yeah I know that sounds a little bit pompous but at the same time I'm like fuck I've yeah. done a hundred independent cats that's fucking I crazy I would love to be able to say I've you know interviewed you know I and mean, that's in, that's a cool accomplishment yeah but I'd love it if like you know someone comes down to Australia and they go oh you know there's this dude he does an hour long podcast you should go on his show yep. you know and, and get some heavy hitters because that would that would really kind of make the 100 kind of a little bit more sweeter yeah yeah you know? Um, like you said, like with your photography, you know, you, you started out doing these shit kicker bands and then all of a sudden you're touring with these big bands in these in this scene. It's like, fuck, this is rad, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Amazing feeling. Yeah. So, yeah, Simon, he's the coolest guy ever. And then we, so luckily enough through his work with, um, with, uh, in commercial radio and the, the stations he worked for. Yeah. Um, little to my knowledge, the, the, um, like the three years previously, he was going over to WrestleMania, um, with WWE Australia, well, not with WWE, but as like as media, he was going over to WrestleMania to work as on media row and cover it for the whole weekend. Oh shit! I'm like, fuck, that's cool. And then we doing, start doing what? Just covering it, like just doing like callbacks to Australia for like doing quick crosses and stuff, and oh, doing on audio- camera. And on, on audio interviews and stuff and everything. Audio interviews. Yeah, and like stuff, mainly for like Gold 104 and stuff like that, like people who like, like the DJ was coincidentally a wrestling fan, like, oh, we can do a cross. It makes sense. And like he, he'd go there as a, he'd pay his way as a fan anyway, but he was given the privilege to do all the media stuff. Um, oh, so he still had to pay his own way, but yeah. then he got paid while he was there to do the crosses and shit. Yeah, and so, um, and then wow. we started Rocket like Hurricane Rana, and then he obviously knew the WWE Australia um, rep who won't be named on mm-hmm. this show. Yeah. But we know who it is. Everyone knows. Everyone on the scene fucking knows who it is, but we won't, he won't, they won't be named. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah those 50 people that listen, they, they can't get, they, they can't get that info, mate. <laughs> um, and he was like, Hey, so you guys doing like a wrestling podcast and yeah. Simon, like, do you want to go over and do a mania again? He's like, yeah, I'll do it. It's like, Oh, do you want to go as well? I'm like, holy fucking shit. Yes. And lit and like quick side story. Three months before, me and Hawko and all our mates, we went to Japan for Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, really? So I was doing in the space of three months. I was doing the big two wrestling shows. Wow! Because I, t- I took some photos at some like at some. I've completely forgotten that part of my life as well. I, I t- shot some shows in Japan as well. Yes. And then which and obviously with like MCW's connection to New Japan, I was able to shoot the New Japan Pro Wrestling show in February that year as well. So I've worked for New Japan. Wow. A couple of times now as well. That's cool. Yeah. And then and that was with like Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. There. 
The big fucking names. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That um, is sick. Yeah, that was a fucking time. So I got wow. to uh, so Did I, you get uh, to meet those dudes? Very briefly. Yeah. Because it was very kind of like You're in you're like so where were you situated um in conjunction with the ring? You're like outside the no, ring I, shooting in? Yeah, ringside. Where ringside. I where I shoot every show. Ring so like literally in the barricades. In like the barricade, with, with the carrot. My shoulders on the canvas. Like Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like in there, like Kazushi in the trenches. Yeah. Yeah. Kazushi Okada, Minoru Suzuki, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. Yeah. Like Cody Rhodes was still with them at the time as well. Like yeah, yeah. This was before AEW. Biggest names in wrestling. Wow. Um, which was just to me still the coolest shit ever. Like yeah, it's man. something I'll never forget. Yeah. And I got to work with with them last year as well. Um, which is awesome. Um, but yeah. you go over to WrestleMania. So I go over to WrestleMania and we get. Everything, hotel, tickets to every event, Hall of Fame, all the wrestling, and then we do the media, the media days. Mm. So like you're in, you're in a like you're in like the hotel um, ballroom kind of. Yes. For four hours interviewing everybody, every wrestler. Our first interview for the day was Roman Reigns. Oh shit! <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going, "This is fucking dumb." I'm like, "You've got." This big bearded, just piece of shit, and <laughs> this my this beautiful Lebanese man, yeah, interviewing Roman Reigns. And what did, what did and you talk- ask him? So we only got because the way they did it for that one was like it was in previous years. Apparently, it was like like you'd have your own spot, and they just like worked their way down. Yeah, but in this one, it was like a big circle table, and it was like they'd have like 15 minutes on one table and you just kind of go, da 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 shoot your questions. Oh, okay. We so you weren't out- privately interviewing no. him. It was you and a bunch of other people interviewing him. But we worked you. it out with, with, our, with our table. We'd go, all right, there's there's three of us here because there was Simon and I, a guy from New Zealand and a guy from, sorry, four of us. So, and like 15 minutes. So we'll just divide it into four. We'll yeah. divide it and just do it. And then that worked out well for nice. everybody. So everyone but got their own with, shit in and everything. Obviously with Roman, because he was... Which blew me away, the fact that he did that, because that was the mania where he headlock, where he main evented against Brock. Oh, right. So this was, this was WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. Right, yeah. Um, and... And everyone's like, oh, you're going, oh, you're going against Brock Lesnar and oh, people fucking hate you. And, and Simon goes... And Simon's a great interviewer. He's He's been in the media for like 12, 15 years. He's a great interviewer. Sure, yeah. Um, and he goes, oh, Roman. So like, so obviously like a lot of the WWE universe don't like you. And he's like, oh. you, you can see his body just, just like, oh, fucking this guy again. Fucking yeah. the marks are here. Yeah. And Simon goes, I think I know why. And he oh, like straightens shit. up. Yeah. And Roman's like, oh, do you now? He's again like real defensive. And he's like, he's like, He's like, I know who boos you. He's like, oh, who do you really? And he's like, yep. He's like, it's all the boyfriends of the girlfriends who fuck it, who think you're more, way more attractive than they are. And he <laughs> lost it. He loved he it. He loved it. Yes. And I was like, and we were just chatting about it. We were having a massive laugh. And he's like, he's like, he's like, he just thought it was so funny. I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, look, my mom doesn't watch wrestling. But whenever you're on TV, yeah. she's just like losing it. <laughs> and he's like, well, you tell your mom I love her. And she's just like, I, yeah. I played the audio to mom. <laughs> so like, dude, we, I don't know if you noticed, but when the you big walk, poster the in big the, poster, yeah. yeah. So we've, if everyone's been over at Casa de Siriani here in Epping, <laughs> when you walk in, you were confronted by a massive frame poster of Roman Reigns. Oh, now, fuck it. I love Roman Reigns. Oh, you 
he's great. He's right? And so, but this isn't a legit poster, okay? <laughs> this is a poster that I, I was just in the city one day and I saw this big poster for like WWE live in Australia. You know those live in Australia yeah, yeah. You know, posters? And it was someone had tried to rip it off the, the no. wall. And I'm like, and, it, and his face was like half hanging off the wall. Oh, no. And I'm like, I reckon I could rip the rest of that fucker down. Yeah, you fucking could. <laughs> <laughs> so I ripped it down. I just got there was I think Bray Wyatt was next to him or whatever, but I didn't get him. I was able to get Roman, and I was able to secure the WWE logo, and it was still the old school scratch logo at the time. Oh wow! So I cut it all out. In the last, it would have been the last year they used that. It would have been one of the last years. Yeah, yeah Ro- it was a Roman Reigns poster. It obviously, would have been coming out as part of the Shield. Yeah, and um, I cut it all out. Got a frame from the reject reject shop, framed it, and gifted it to my lady, and it's it's been yeah, that's been pride of place. So th- this is this is us talking to Roman Reigns. Oh, so, so it, it actually like um, there's fo- there's photo evidence that it actually this actually happened. happened. Yeah, and there was um to like us with like Shinsuke Nakamura and a photo I took of John Cena. Of John Cena, yeah, they were all there. Yeah, and it was just like it was very much just the most wildest coolest thing wow, man. ever and we got, to, we got to cover Mania we get like we got like this is us like that we, we were like media box seats to cover the whole show like wow. we, we, we were live podcasting during Wrestlemania yeah yeah that was like our big thing like, like, like what do we because obviously like podcasts don't get access to that but like in the sense that Simon works for worked for network channels mm. so we could like oh we're like, oh stereo network or whatever stuff it's like yeah like he, he works for like for big ste- like big channels so they're like oh yeah we'll do this and we're like we'll do the podcast and they're and like WWE Australia were fine like yeah you can do the podcast but obviously stuff needs to go on radio like, yeah yeah so we were probably the only podcast live podcasting from Wrestlemania wow like, you, listen, you, you listen to the, the episode there's like all the cheering and the ring announcing and everything that's it's sick man cool. Um, and were you able to go back once uh, since then, or, or not? No, since? that's the only that's my only manner I've done. Yeah, because that has year, he been back again? No, it's the only ones we. It's the only one we ever did as a team. So but we did do we did Super Showdown together. Oh, nice! I was able to. I, I actually took photos at Super Showdown, at like Super for Showdown. WWE Australia. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's that was cool. That was a big year. I worked for New Japan. Went to yeah. Japan. Went to worked at WrestleMania and did the. Um, Super Showdown. Dude. I'm very lucky in the sense that, like now, now with wrestling, wrestling is probably the best for me. Yeah, because like it's given me a lot of opportunities. I do a lot of work with WWE, a lot yeah. of work with New Japan when they come to when they need it in Australia. Um, but yeah, so that's so I, I have travelled overseas for work, which is something I think is really cool. That's incredible, and I dude. did last year as well. Um, like with MCW, we work with the promotion SPW, yeah, Southern Pro Wrestling in New Zealand based in Invercargill in New Zealand which is ah, the asshole of the world right it is literally 30 minutes drive from the bottom of New Zealand shit off we went in July it was like 7 degrees it was so fucking cold <laughs> but one of them like Rosie my partner came with me and like we, we treated as a, the show is a Saturday we left Friday morning we went back everyone went back Sunday we went back Tuesday yeah. we, we did like a weekend away kind of thing nice beautiful um and that was that. That was a bit of a road story because you're flying to Queenstown, but you got a two hour drive down to Invercargill. Yeah, yeah. But driving through country New Zealand is the most incredible thing ever. Yeah, no, I've never been. I'd oh, love to. Dude, I'd love to go there one amazing. day. Because you fly into the Queenstown and you're flying into you're flying through snowy mountains. So wild, it's man. awesome. That's so, cool. So yeah, I was like enough. I got like so like, yeah. We went. I got booked over in New Zealand because it was like it's an MCW show. So I'm like oh, and you're going over as well because yeah. it was an MCW SPW Super Show. That's They're sick. like, well, it's MCW, so you're going with them. Like, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, that's cool. 
If someone um, wants to get a hold of you, um, how, what is your uh, your your internet links? Um, digital underscore beard is my Instagram. Digital mm-hmm. double underscore beard is my Twitter because some motherfucker has the single underscore Already on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, digital beard photography on Facebook and digital beard photo at hotmail dot com on is my email. Yes. Um, are we? I, I don't know. I've been talking for a long time. I'm no, so yeah, we sorry. can wind it up now. That's cool. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. Just was there anything else you wanted to get off your chest before we finish up? Yeah, just a little bit. Just qu- just quickly. I'll try yeah, and make do it quick. It. Um, just because, like, obviously, like wrestling now. It seems like I've worked. Like, music was my has been my thing forever. But I haven't done a lot of music stuff. As I said, I only do a lot of music when it's big events. So yeah, I, yeah. actually, on Friday, I just actually was it Friday or yesterday? I can't remember. Life's very busy, <laughs> but we got our confirmation to do Download Festival this year again. Oh, nice! Which is awesome. Yeah, bands like Deftones, Clutch, My Chemical Romance, yeah, uh, In Flames, Lacuna Coil, like bands I've wanted to shoot for ages. Yeah, but like lucky for me, like we've done the last two downloads. So like, I've been. I was like, I guess I can say I've been one of the last people to take photos of Slayer because I got to shoot Slayer. Yeah, man. Um, Judas Priest as well. Yeah. Like, my favorite photo I've ever taken is from Judas Priest. That yeah. was the coolest thing ever. Like, it, it, for me, when I shoot bands, I like, to, I like it to be bands that I love because I can... Because when I go to gigs, I obviously go to gigs because it's bands I like. Sure, So if yeah. I shoot bands, I want it to be bands I like. Yeah. So it's me. And with like big shows, you only get the first three songs to shoot them inside the barrier. And you can stay and watch from the back. Mm. But like, for those three songs of Judas Priest, I was singing every word whilst taking photos. <laughs> but um, so that's like my favorite. That's of um, Richie Faulkner from Judas Priest. Oh, I'm just being shown an f- image here on... Um on Owen's phone of uh, of the guitarist here from Judas Priest. He's got some lovely locks happening yeah. there, mate. You should be very proud of that image. <laughs> and then you got like the man, like Kerry King from Slayer. There it is. So like I've yeah, as I said, I've been and lucky enough to do that. And um like I just I I'm really grateful for for everyone who ever books me or like just asked me to take photos of them because like obviously I'm doing them a favour by you know, like giving them um giving them obviously material to use like very Instagram but like like you're giving me work yeah. like you're putting food on my table you're putting toys in my toy cabinet <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like um, so like I, like I may sound really cocky at times um, just like putting myself over but like like I've, I've worked I work very really hard as I've, yeah. as I've as I've mentioned the past hour and whatever how many minutes I've just been talking shit for yes um, but like it's just really like it's really important to me that people have just good content to to, to share, and not yeah, saying I do yeah. the best content. No, um, but like I just want people to be able to show themselves off. You know? Yeah, yeah. I want them- no. I get that, man. Because like when I, I I look up to a band, like even if it's in, like mainly an independent band, and I'll put some, I see some of the content they put out. I'm like, oh man, I, I could have helped them with that. Yeah, and I'm not even a photographer. I'm not even a graphic designer. But yeah. shit, man. Come on, we, we, we can do better than Word. Yeah. Oh, quick question. <laughs> Fuck. Quick question to you. Who took who took your Facebook profile photo? That photo is fucking phenomenal. Thanks, man. Yeah, he's a mate of mine called Alex Newman. Okay, yeah, and, because um, that photo is incredible. Oh, wow. I love it. Yeah, yeah right on, dude. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, he's my mate from Canada. 
And um, okay. he, he lives here in Melbourne. He's been down here, down under for a few years. He used to live up in Sydney, but now he lives in Melbourne. And um, it's a hobby. Um, but he's also like a creative director um, and he okay. does a bunch of really cool shit. Yeah. So um, when I'm able to book him for shows, I, I get him to take pictures because, um, yeah, he's he's got the knack for that, it. Yeah, that photo is, is amazing. Because when, like, when you had me on Facebook, I'm like, oh my God, this is like sick. I'm like, I want to know who took it. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, there you go, Alex. Oh, exactly. Shout out to Alex. Exactly. That's when, like, you want. That's the my I guess my reaction then is reaction I want people to have in my for yeah exactly because I want people to go oh, I want him like yeah that's a cool photo I, I want to see that yeah and like it's also like really like it, this is probably me sucking my own dick now but um hmm. like I did um I did some portraits of because I do a lot of, as I said I do a lot of work with WWE and like their promotional tours I did like a bit of a photo shoot with Carmella right. And she posted the photos and like tagged me in it and everyone's like going, who the fuck's this? Who's like, who? So like, yeah, it's just me like probably like wanting like the gratitude, I guess. Sure, yeah. But I'm like, it, it, it feels good when people like appreciate yes. your work instead of just going, oh, it's just a photographer taking, doing his job. 100%. Instead of going, it actually like, this is really good work. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess to end it all, um, <laughs> like, I yeah, I just want people to appreciate photographers because I feel like we don't get it a, 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 a much. Or, or or enough at least. Yeah. Um. Because I mean, we work fucking hard. Like, oh, we work, earth, we, man. As I said, like we've yeah, you got people. People have been around longer than I have. Yeah. And I'm not saying I am the best photographer in the world because I'm definitely not. Mm. I'm probably one of the worst. Mm. <laughs> um. But there's people who have been around a lot longer than me, mm. and who haven't done the stuff I have, mm. and that's purely because they just. Some people like just just like doing it and be, being amazing, doing their own thing. Yeah. But like, yeah, I've been lucky. I've been one hundred percent lucky doing what I do. Like, yeah, I've been yeah. lucky just meeting the right people and yeah, working at WrestleMania, taking photos from New Japan, yeah, and taking you're photos. Able to look on from the outside in and knowing how special that is. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like yeah. my, I love my parents because they've always taught me to go. Look, you if you if you get given something, you've get been given it for a reason. Yeah. But don't be a dickhead about it. Yeah, man. Like, don't be like, oh, I'm shooting download in March, so fuck you. Like, I'm better than you. It's, yeah. You're shooting download in March because you've earned it, but someone, and someone trusts you with doing that. Yes. But you should be very grateful for it. Yeah, man. Gratitude so- error. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's good. That's real good. We'll leave it on that, mate. I reckon that's yes. awesome. <laughs> Hashtag gratitude era. Yeah, we, we can thank um, Brian Myers and Matt Cardona for that one. That's, yeah, I that's like a, that. Just um, that's from the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. So like there you our, go. what did I say in our, in our, our message before our, our, our lottery conversation? That our we lottery had. conversation. It was though because I literally I took a punt. I'm like, oh, it's Sizzle. I'm gonna talk to him. Yeah, it was a lottery. A lottery the, conversation. And the, the best part of that conversation, at one point, I actually dropped to my. My, my knees because I was blown oh, away. Oh, fuck. The best thing ever. Rosie, your missus, goes, oh, you know, I work at Reading Cinemas. I'm pretty sure I, I saw you at one of the screenings because Dr. Doolittle didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm she, like, yes, I was there with my family and we're watching Dr. Doolittle and it keeps stopping. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we get we get free tickets and a refund. So I'm like, sweet, I get to go see a different movie and I get to see Dr. Doolittle again. Yeah. I, well, actually see it the next time. It was yeah, brilliant. Because she comes home, she's like, 
I saw this this guy in a Triple H shirt. Like, oh, that's cool. She, he kind of looks like our friend Nick, but with long hair. Right. And, she, and like, I was flicking through Instagram, and you posted a photo on your personal Instagram from um you at the gym. Right. And she's like, it was him. <laughs> <laughs> like Sid Dog. It's Sid like, Dog. Yeah. And then um yeah, yeah then Sunday go. night when you just like a but just like just, just bumped lost into each it. other. Because Rose was like, he's like, yep, I gave you a refund. Yeah. <laughs> your session stopped working, so we gave you your money back. <laughs> Fucking out. I love oh, that man. cinema, See, man. lottery, lottery conversations Lo- are the best conversations. 100%. Well, mate, it was great to get to know you tonight. Oh, and um, I hope to uh, you know see you again in the future. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. If Again, if you want to um, contact Owen, um, just look up Digital Beard on all the, all the digital platforms. Yeah, you go. And you'll be able to track him down. Yeah, man. Owen, thank you very much. Thank you very much, sir. See you, dude. Yeah. Ciao. And that's a wrap, Sizzlers, my Sizzlers, episode 96, all done. Thanks for listening. If you did enjoy this episode, give the podcast a share on social media. Use the hashtag Art of Touring Podcast on Instagram and give us a follow at Art of Touring Podcast. If you are a first-time listener, where you been? Where you been, mate? I've been here for almost 100 episodes now. You're just coming on board now. What are you doing with yourself? You've got to sort yourself out. Pull, pull up your socks. Tuck in your shirt. You know, geez, but I mean, you know, you're very welcome, even though you're only you're only just joining us. I hope you come back each week, hey, or dip dip into the archives, dive into the archives, you know, and, and give it a listen. There's a new guest every week, and there's old guests each week if you just listen and take that trip down memory lane, down episode one all the way to episode ninety six, baby. That's that that's that's crazy. I'll do it one day. I'll go back and listen to them all one day. But, uh, you know, I've already heard them. I was there and I've listened back to them all already once, some of them twice. So, you know, if you're a hardcore Art of Touring listener, uh, you know, what are you doing with yourself? You could do it. You could do it. You'd be good at it. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about, man. If you'd like to get in contact with me, please email me directly at artofdouringpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you would like to come on the show. If you're a touring musician, a performer, or a wrestler, please hit me up. Uh, Or you can send me a message message, message on Instagram at artofdouringpodcast. You can listen to Art of Touring on Wooshka. Uh, You can download it on iTunes. You can uh, listen to it on Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. And... uh, when you're doing that, it'd be great if you could write a review, a short review, and stick around each week for a new episode. Uh, now let's get into some plugs. On Saturday, 29th of February, I'll be playing with uh, Even Flow, the Australian Pearl Jam tribute show, alongside Fuvana and uh, Alice Remains at the Prince Band Room in St Kilda. Fuvana, bring your, you guessed it, Fuvana, Foo Fighters and Nirvana tunes, and uh, Alice Remains are Australia's best Alice in Chains tribute act. Uh, tickets are available right now via Oztix for a measly 23 bucks 50 It all kicks off at 8pm. Get down early to see all three bands that'll be bringing you back to the 90s, baby. That's Saturday, 29th of February at the Prince Band Room in St. Kilda. We'll see you there. That's all for me this week. Before I go, I have a couple of shout-outs. Shout-out to Chris Wall, who designed the artwork for the show. You can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Wall, spelled W-A-H-L. Big thanks to my guest this week, Digital Beard Owen Jones. Be sure to follow him on his social profiles. And uh, again, that's it. 
Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of the Art of Touring with a scissor digger. No, go, go, go. Remember, this week's podcast is brought to you by Lobo's Collectibles in Thornbury, the best vintage toy store in the universe, and Anytime Fitness in Epping, where, as the name suggests, you can train anytime, day or night.